Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm your host, Luke Velasco, joined by returning guest, Greg Gentile. Uh, Craig, it is an absolute pleasure to have you here. And I, I said it again. I said Craig. I, I said uh, Greg. There's a, there's, a, there's a trip up of the tongue. I meant Craig. It is Craig. Um, Craig, how when are you, you? When you do something every time I'm on, I'm good. I, I was just going to say when you do something every time I'm on, I, I don't know if it's a trip up or... Um, but, uh, but whatever though, happy, it's, happy to be out with uncle Lou. Happy to be out. I appreciate that. It's one of those things to where it you make the mistake once and your brain thinks that's the correct thing to do. So you keep doing it. And it's like, every time that I've said it, I correct myself. So my brain thinks the correct thing to do is to say it wrong and then correct you. So that's yeah, what it's, it's either that or a subtle jab, either way. And I just, I can never tell with you which you yeah. know, which way it is. But. Yeah. Well, I'm more of a subtle jab kind of person, not like a, you know, swinging fist at, you know, on national television Oscars kind of person. Um, I, I was I was also going to say, jab. you know, that's the one. I was going to say that's the one good thing about uh, us being remote is that you don't have to worry about me uh you know, coming after you on the, uh, on the stage there. So yeah, that's right. Don't, don't smack me across the stage. Um, well, you know, we've got, uh, Craig, it's, it's an interesting time in the market. We've been seeing some softening now for a couple of weeks, nothing new there. Um, but, uh, it, it seems like it's continuing, but you know, we're, we've been talking about it on a, on a greater market scale last week, Tony and I were taking a look at the market and particularly how it looked from an overall perspective. And this week we're going to dive in. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to get an update on the market to see where it is. Cause there's been some continued softening since last week, but we're going to, we're going to look at the reefer market more specifically as well. We're going to dive into that deeper because, uh, you know, a lot of folks are talking about, this is the time when produce season starts to kick off, right? This is typically that yep. end of March, early April is when we start to kick off. Um, I experienced a lot of that. I used to move a lot of blueberries back in the day for Kroger. Um, blueberries were tough, man. It was, you, you had to get in there. So I was delivering those to a lot of their, their grocery stores. Um, and this is about when it started to kick off. That was a short season though, blueberries. I was picking those up out of the South, Southeast. Um, I know the season's slightly different depending on where you are, but um, I mean, Craig, you know, in your experience, what's the, uh, um, when did you conceptually, when did you start to see produce season hit some of those markets? You know, were there certain key areas of like, okay, now this is produce season when something happens, did you guys have something like that internally? Uh, you know, as far as internally, how, you know, how I always knew was this. So I didn't do, I've never moved a lot of produce. Um, no. and I'm sorry that you had to move blueberries. Cause I, um, I've heard that's tough freight. It's, it's hard. um, very very delicate, actually, right? Uh, as far as um, getting them there on time and, and having the loads not rejected. So. Yeah. Um, but I used to move a lot of, uh, uh, I used to do a lot of Walgreens freight, right? And so um, I would always, there's an Orlando, D.C. down there. And how I always knew that uh, produce season was upon us was all of a sudden, instead of having a fight with guys to take my Vegas to Orlando loads, um, all of a sudden, you know, it was guys were happy to take them and, and uh, I was getting good rates on them. So that was kind of how yeah. I uh, um, knew that it was produce season um, as far as, you know, just the, the signals I look for internally. But um, what about you when you were, you know, when you were starting to move freight, what were the leading indicators that you looked at? 
Well, that's the thing. There's not a lot of great leading indicators, right? You know, it's more so like one day you were paying a certain price and the next day, literally the next day, it's like, oh, I just took a $600 loss on this load. Got it. Um, yeah, you went from making $600 to losing $600. The price yeah. was, would happen yeah. that quickly. And, and that was the challenge is like, Everybody knew there was like a transition period like that. I, I hear from so many folks like, no, I know when produce is and it's going to happen exactly like this. And I'm like, no, you don't. It changes a little bit. The extremeness of the nature is a little bit different. Yes, there are certain repeatable patterns, but the extremeness of it changes and it change, it's never on the exact day. Certain markets react a little bit differently. Um, there's similarities, of course, but um, to say that like, okay, on this day, like I need, you need to change your price by X was, that didn't exist. Um, but I think there's some things that we have now, you know, now we look at tender volume is a great indicator. We look at for future where the direction of the market's going from a demand perspective. And I think that's incredibly, uh, valuable, uh, to see is that demand change, um, <clears throat> which is exciting. Craig, what, did you ever move produce or, or produce at all? Uh, when you were, when you were working freight? You know, I, I never did move uh, produce, didn't move a lot of refrigerated freight, um, a lot of, uh, you know, mostly dry van stuff. Um, so I don't, I don't have a, like I said, I don't have a huge uh, knowledge base when it comes to that type of freight. But, you know, like I said, it, I, I think for um, for me personally, it, you know, I, I always focused on, when all of a sudden were carriers willing to go to South Florida or go to Central Florida compared to, um, you know, the rest of the year when 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 nobody was, you know, you just had to beg yeah. and, and overpay to get somebody to to deliver into a, a Walgreens DC. So yeah, that was kind of the big you know the big indicator that I that I looked for. Um, yeah, you know, as far as produce goes. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting produce season this year. You know, people talk about peak season. It'll be interesting to see what that actually looks like because the market is, we came off of an incredibly elevated season and it is beginning yeah. to soften. And especially if you look at last year, we do, we look very different as an overall market, but especially the reef market. Let's go ahead and throw up the, the volume chart here uh, for the overall market. And I think this will be a great starting point here. So this, this isn't reefer specific. This is everything. So we're looking at overall tender volume in the U.S., van, is obviously the biggest contributor. Reefers there, flatbed is there, bulk is there. Everything is here, um, you know. And it's a, it, this. Um, if you're moving specifically flatbed, this might be a little misleading because flatbed's actually doing fairly well right now. But it's such a small part of the market; it doesn't move the overall market. So it still seems like the overall market is down. So blue line is year-to-date truckload volume. Uh, for reference, the um, orange line there is 2021 volume over the same period of time. So we're at, a, at about a 15% decline uh, in truckload tenders from where we were this time last year. That's a big decline, a big decline. Some of that has to do with more tenders being accepted now than they were, but overall actual volume is still down significantly. You don't reduce demand by 15% and there aren't repercussions in the market. And we've, I know a lot of folks watching this, if you're in the brokerage or the carrier world or even the shipper world, right? And you've been making some changes or looking at your network at all, right? You know, there are certain outbound lanes that are seen softening. But Craig, that's a, that's a, I mean, if we look at that time, time horizon, really that dip only started at the end of February. It's only about a 30 day dip, a significant, a 30 day significant dip anyway, right? I mean, 
it was kind of softening yeah. a little bit three, two months ago, but. Yeah, it's kind of, in all fairness, it's kind of been a really tumultuous uh, last 30 to 45 days, if you think yeah. about it, between, um, you know, China and their um, their reaction to COVID, right? I mean, they're, you know, they're, I think uh, one of the major ports is still shut down over there or, um, or may have just opened. And then obviously there was a... Uh, the stuff happening in Ukraine that that's happened over that time period that's had had an effect on uh, on fuel. So um, it is a pretty uh, precipitous drop over a 30 day period, I think, to your point. Um, but it, it's been a weird last 30 days as well. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you look at that volume, though, too, Luke, I think, um, you know, before this, I was I was taking a look uh, and I still think year over year, um we're a lot higher, you know, we're still higher as far as outbound volumes comparatively to um, pre-COVID levels. Yes. Right. I, I think um, yes. so. You know, it's kind of a weird spot where, yes, volumes have dropped. However, still elevated comparatively if you go back to 2019, right. 2018 levels. So, right. um, but I think to your point, it is kind of interesting that when you look at that drop, because um, I, I, like I said, I was looking at it before I jumped on here because I know that you have a tendency to, uh, you know, throw curveballs at us on these, uh, <laughs> when we get on the show here, you don't like to, you know, divulge what you're going to talk about and then you, you just throw it out there just to see people on our toes. So, um, but the, the biggest drop has been uh, on the reefer side as far as yes. outbound volume. So yes, it has. That, and like you said, like, that's kind of, counterintuitive to what we all know being in the industry for a number of years um, as far as you know we were you would expect that right around this time we would see uh, those refrigerated volumes increase right. so um, it's a lot of a lot of different factors at play here and uh, really like you know hard to make sense of it at times right I think that's a great segue let's go ahead and throw up the reefer volumes while we're at it because it's um, it, it, it's great to see the really the contrast there. I mean, look at that, look at that. I mean, that's that is unbelievable. We were just looking at overall tenders down about fifteen percent. Looking at reefer specific, I mean, that is unbelievable. I mean, you're at about a, approximately a thirty percent decline in uh, uh, reefer tenders year over year. I mean, you saw that massive spike up there in mid to late February. That that green, for reference, the green line is 2021, and the blue line is 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 this year, 2022, year to date. Nothing but just a, just a constant decline there, uh, and it's, it it seems to be continuing, right? And yeah, you're right. You know, even with this decline in the reefer market or the overall market, we're still elevated from where we were um, in you know pre-COVID or 2019, 20, 2018, right? We're still higher. Yes. The, the way that I explain it is, it's kind of like this, right? Let's say that you bought Apple stock in 2015, and I'm making up the number here. I don't remember exactly what it was because there's been a lot of stock splits for all the finance people out there about to get technical with me, okay? Let's say it was like $20, all right, in 2015. Well, today it's trading at approximately $170. So if you bought it for 20, and now and then it was at 170, and let's say, you know, in a week it's at $100, probably won't be, but right. You still gained from $20. You're still in a much better place than you were seven years ago, but compared to where you were, you know, when you were at 170, you're worse off. So it's relative. So it's like, yes, we're down. Of course, we're still way up from where we were, 
But that's what we're looking at. We're not looking at where we started. We're looking at where we have been, you know, where that top is, right? Because that's, that's ultimately where, where the, tar- the new target is, right? You always establish a new target. When a stock makes a new, a new all-time high, that's the new target, right? How can we get above that again? Um, same thing in the freight market. When the freight market makes a new high, that becomes a new target. You don't stay at new highs forever. We've come down. Um, and the reefer market here that we're looking at is, I think, a, a great, great example of how extreme we've come down um, and, and, and really just the softening relative to that high, relative to that high. But, um, but this, this begs the question, Craig, of, you know, it's, it may feel like there, and it's, it might be a little too soon to tell, but it may feel like there's no, you know, peak produce season because of how far we've come down off of that peak, right? Even though we're still in a better place than where we were two years ago, a much better place. Mm-hmm. It's right. just that it's all it's all relative, right? And it's kind of it's kind of interesting if you look at the you know look at the chart, um, you see kind of coming into um, what is that 2022, and then through February, we kind of do see a the the chart seems almost. Um, follow that pattern a little bit, right? Like yeah. a, you see a peak right there in February and then kind of a, a continued drop off that peak. So um, if I were in the refrigerated market, I would, you know, this might make me ask myself, if we see the peak in February and is it all downhill from here? Right. Or have we yet to see that peak yet? And, and maybe it's moved um, later into the year. You know, maybe that, that peak comes in April, mid-April, early May rather than, right. you know, late February, early March as well. So that's, yeah. and, you know, you just kind of have to, um, you can forecast and plan as best as possible, but you kind of have to see how it plays out at the end of the day. Too. We also have to remember that green line there that we're looking at was 2021, which was arguably one of the most volatile years that we've seen in a long time here right. in, in the freight market, especially the reefer market, right? So it's, you know, if you're like, hey, this is where the reefer market has been for the last 10 years or what it's done, Okay, well, well, last year wasn't the last 10 years in, in 2020, right? They, they operated in their own little world, as we know. Um, so that, that's something we have to take into account. Let's, there's, um, this is great. And, and this, is, this is obviously demand. I think it's a great time to look at how supply is interacting with that, with that demand. Um, and that's where the tender rejections come into play. Um, you know, and we can see those by different modes. Let's go ahead and throw this up on the screen for us, the tender rejections that we're going to look at here. And we won't look at this long. Blue line is, is drive-in. That is down and to the right. Okay, and this is on a one-year time horizon as of this morning. Okay, blue line is, year to, is one-year drive-in. The orange line there is reefer, one-year, again, coming down. Still a bit higher than, than, uh, than van, so it's still tighter. We would expect that, but it is softening. And look at that green line. For all those flatbed folks out there, you're a small part of the market, but man, you are throwing your weight around. Look at that. We are up and to the right. So it's not all doom and gloom, folks. If you're in the flatbed world, you should be killing it right now and continuing to do so right now. Um, but I mean, it's, it's funny how, right? And this, this goes back to it, right? The overall market can be softening and an individual piece of it can be flourishing, right? right? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it's um, it, it is interesting when you look at that. You know, look at the uh, once again, it's just um, as far as refrigerator rejections right now. You know, based on the time of year, you would just expect that to be the you know you would expect the opposite. I think it's dropped yeah. um, a pretty decent percentage here over the last month. 
um, and you would just expect to to really be seeing the opposite. So, um, you know, the the dry van side of things that that seems a little bit more constant. The drop hasn't been as as drastic, but uh, that drastic drop in the refrigerated uh, rejections it just yeah. very counterintuitive um, to to what you know you would be expecting to see at this time of year. Definitely is. Speaking of new seasons that are coming around, so we're about to finish March Madness here, uh, Craig. Um, and we're getting into formula season. We're getting into MLB season. Craig, are you a are you a formula guy or Formula One? Do you watch MLB at all? Kind of where's your where's your cup of tea? Uh, so my uh, I love the uh, Netflix program on Formula One. So I yes. don't watch. Uh, I don't really follow it through the year, but. Um, I, uh, I love watching that at the end of the year, the recap. Yeah. And uh, but otherwise, I'm a huge White Sox fan, man. Huge Chicago White Sox fan. Yeah. So I'm uh, really happy to see that the uh, Major League Baseball has gotten that all cleared away, and, yeah. and that they're you know the season's going to resume because um, you know I was about to start calling a conspiracy here because <laughs> you know every time, not every time, but um, it seems that when the White Sox have their best team. All of a sudden, there there seems to be lockout talks or work stoppages, yep. and and they robbed us with Big Frank years ago. So I, I was know. I was worried that they were going to rob us dipped. again, but we did. That was the I mean MVP season. We were we were we were right there for the World we're Series so that year. Close. But, uh, we're so close. But here's <laughs> so is it. Um, are you watching all 160 plus games? Like, are you like a diehard? Do you go to games as well? Like when you can kind of, you know, where do you, where do you fit in the spectrum of like, I'm there every single game. I never miss a single one. And I travel to the foreign cities and I see go to the world series versus I see a game once in a while on YouTube. Um, I, so unfortunately moved to uh, Colorado, so I don't get access to all the games anymore. Um, but when I lived in Chicago, um, I, my family was a season ticket holder. So I would go to uh, quite a few games throughout the year. And uh, usually I followed every game. Like I said, nowadays I, I don't get have that access anymore. Yeah. So I followed on ESPN. But uh, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan. I've been, uh, like I said, I grew up, grew up a White Sox fan, grew up on the south side of Chicago. So um, they're, uh, I, I'm a pretty big fan. That The White Sox and the Bears, those are my – uh, those are my two teams. What about you? Now, as far as you in sports, do you follow baseball at all? I know that you're not a sports guy, but I'm not a huge sports guy. I used to I used to follow baseball quite a bit um, when I was younger. Yeah. And the, my team was the Phillies. Uh, they were okay. yeah they were they were really only good when I was a fan when I was watching them. Um, so I mean I, I think I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean it was me controlling everything. I was big you know back in 2007 they made the playoffs. 2008 they won the World Series. 2009 they made it to the World Series. Lost. I mean. That was kind of like my core when I was in when I was in um, uh, high school and watching them there. I just aged myself. Regardless, um, so that that was a very exciting time for me. Um, yeah, yeah. It, you know, and they're right in my backyard. I, I grew up in South Jersey. I could be in downtown Philly in 15 minutes, so it was right in my backyard. It made a lot of sense, um, and that was exciting. But I kind of fell out with that. Started following soccer a little bit. I've begun to get into Formula One, um, which has been exciting for me. I didn't realize how few like teams or drivers there were. Like, there's only ten teams, yeah. and there's there's twenty drivers, so it's it's very easy to get into it and kind of know everybody, um, which yeah, is exciting. Yeah, 
Um, it's a very unique sport in a lot of ways that I'm still learning. I wouldn't say I have a dog in the fight yet, though. Um, no. You know, I'm still still trying to figure out who who I want to win, who I want to be my villain. Um, gotcha. And I think there's some contenders, um, but it'll be exciting. Um, well, Craig, let's, let's, let's go ahead and wrap a couple things up here because there's, uh, okay. you know, the, the number one thing I, I always say to folks when, when, whenever the market's doing what it's doing, if the market's going up, there is a piece of the market that's going down. If the market's going down, there's a piece of the market that's going up and some areas of the market that are just unaffected. And I think it's important to be able to call out which areas of the market are impacted the most. Let's go ahead and throw this map up on the screen here. What we've got is, is overall reefer outbound volume. So the darker the blue means there's more reefer volume shipping out of those markets on a daily basis. This is as of this morning. So you see some of those dark blue areas there like Fresno, Ontario, uh, Fort Worth, um, Lakeland, Florida, uh, Allentown, PA, really big right now, Indianapolis, right? This is reefer specific only. So it definitely would look a little bit different if we put up van or flatbed. Um, but you know, these are, those are the big markets. I mean, even Salt Lake city, there is seeing quite a bit. Um, I think it sometimes surprises people. LA is not nearly as big when it comes to reefer as compared to some of those other markets in California, um, or even some of the areas in Florida or in the Northeast. The Northeast is very big right now. Now this is all reefer truckload volume. So some of that stuff that's coming out of those Northern areas is also just temperature controlled. Uh, something to keep in mind. It's not all purely produce. Um, but, uh, you know, Craig, when you look at this map, is there something that surprises you or just kind of catches your eyes? Like, oh, okay, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm always a little, uh, not a little, like I said, I didn't move a lot of refrigerated. That was hard for me to say. Great when I was in, uh, okay, words you know, are hard. when I was a broker. So, <laughs> so um, I'm always surprised by the, uh, Kind of that Midwest, uh, you know, yeah. Nebraska, um, you know, Iowa area there. Yeah. There always seems to be that, you know, that constant demand for refrigerated freight mm-hmm. out of there. And I think to your point, some of that's obviously the um, temp controlled, not as much as refrigerated. But um, yeah. so, yeah, that, you know, that that demand kind of always is a, a bit surprising to me when I when I look at this map. But, yeah, I mean, the big thing is, you know, that I see here that's surprising that we've talked about here for you know, 22 minutes is that I'm, it's surprising that Florida is not all blue. Right. To, yeah. to see um, those kind of, you know, um, no change there. Um, in, in, you know, Southern Florida and, and, and that Jacksonville market as well. Um, that's surprising to me. If I were to, I'm not a betting man, but if I were a betting man, I would have bet that, you know, um, outbound volumes out of those two markets was going to be a little bit higher. Um, yeah. But, you know, like. Uh, it may be in of, a week or two, right? That's the thing. Right, exactly. That's, changing. This is just today. That's what, that's what I was going to say. Yep. I mean, look at Lakeland. Lakeland is throwing its weight around. I mean, that is about as dark as it gets. And Allentown, Pennsylvania, I think that one surprised me. I didn't expect Allentown to be have as significant. I mean, it has just as much, almost as much volume as Ontario right now. Again, just today, it may change tomorrow. And that's the beauty of this. Right. It changes so quickly. Some of these markets are traditionally the heavyweights like Ontario and Lakeland and Atlanta. Some markets just kind of flare up as heavyweights every once in a while. Allentown is one of those, and it just happens to be there today. Let's go ahead and flip it around. So again, that's the demand side. That's where the demand is. If you're a carrier, that's where the demand is. Now let's throw up capacity. Colors change a little bit, don't they? This is capacity. 
The red markets are your backhauls. Basically, there's there's an excess there's an excess of capacity in the red markets. Atlanta, we were just looking at Atlanta. We were just looking at Ontario. Both of those were dark blue in the last one. A ton of demand, but there's plenty of capacity there to source that demand, more than enough. The blue markets are the opposite. Not enough capacity to source the demand. Look at which one is still blue. Allentown, PA is still blue. Indianapolis is very blue. Lakeland, Florida, Fort Worth, both blue. They were blue in the last maps. But so again, it's wild to see just because there's a lot of demand does not guarantee it's a really tight market. And this is a perfect example of that. Right, Craig? No, I, I agree. I was going to say it's um, it's interesting when you look at this map. I, I would bet if we could look at what three months ago looked like um, compared to the amount of blue and the, you know, how deep that blue is. And it's interesting to look at right now. A lot, yeah. a lot of red there. Um, and, and not a lot of dark blue at all. So um, kind of, you know, supports what we've been talking about right now where, you know, demand has been decreasing pretty drastically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, you know, a lot of that, you look up at the Northeast, all, all red up there, essentially, you know, minus a, a couple small markets. Um, but then in Florida, same thing, just a lot of red. So you wonder if that's um, a lot of carriers, sending their trucks in, expecting the, uh, the outbound produce and, and not quite yeah. seeing it. But uh. No, you're absolutely right, Craig. And we're getting close towards the end of time, folks. We'll see you next Wednesday live at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Have a great day.